Look about the morning glory later in the week. We've got road later in the week. Later in the show, we've got Roadhouse <laughs> movie of the week with Liam Alexander. He comes back, but uh, sorry, what was that, kids? Don't worry. Here it is. It's time for Webster. Never thought forever was the best I could do. Ointment for the years. I've missed it. Mate, <laughs> Webby, before we talk about CVA all the way, uh, <laughs> the Wayne Bennett book, has it been the most difficult time-consuming book you've ever done? It's a beast. He's a beast. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, it's not difficult. I, I've, I've loved it. It's been fascinating to go back. The problem with writing a book like that is that it's like he's – like, I mean, he's coached for the best part of 50-odd years, mm. so he's got such a big – body of work. I was actually talking to another journal about it yesterday. The thing with Wayne is that there was drama every year that he has coached. Mm. Good good and bad. Yeah. Good and bad. And but for mine the whole like there's all of the, the like the the stuff around his relationship with players and but and, you know and what's happened in his personal life and his backstory which is all fascinating which he's talked about uh, at length for this book. Um but the, the thing that I find really interesting is his dynamic with his players. And Denon, mm. you've obviously played under him. I, I, I find it really interesting that he, like, he, his manner of coaching is like man management, for want of a better term. And he's all about loyalty and, you know, not, not letting, you know, your teammate down, not letting me down, me not letting you down, all that type of, uh, of rhetoric. But the realities of football is there's a salary cap and players get old and they become mm. disposable. So you get rid of them. So it's, it's hard, it's hard to find many players who he left on good terms with. Yeah. And I, I think that. it was actually, it was Gordon Tallis's brother, Wally, who said it to me. He's got separation issues. And I, Steve Renoff said exactly the same thing. He said he, he, when he left the club and went to play for Wigan okay. after, after, mm. after, Featuring in all, featuring in all those grand final wins, and he said Wayne didn't speak to him for two years. Wow! Can I ask you this, Webby? When you interview the players, how different are the opinions with the Broncos players versus the Dragons players versus the South players versus the Knights players? I think yeah, definitely that. The, the, a lot of the Broncos players um, certainly feel aggrieved with how they um, how they took unders to stay. Um, I think. But a lot of them, even though they had their issues with Wayne, still talk about him in a very revered manner. Mm. It's You're totally right in regards to like having played under him. I think the key to all of it for Wayne is that he wins. He wins footy matches. That's it. Yeah. So you're willing to, you know, in times where he's done something to me that wasn't great, but I want to win and I want to be around winners. And so, like, I think... Wayne has a really good way of bringing winners together because he understands that they are willing to cop what it takes to get the job done and win things. Whereas if Wayne started losing, I mean, look what happened at the Knights. You know, they didn't have as much success as they hoped. And I, I reckon he's that. that's when he's the Wayne brand took a bit of a hit in regards to, oh, you know, he did this at the club or that at the club. But where everywhere, everywhere else, like Rabbitohs took him to a grand final, Dragons won one, Broncos run a bunch. Um Again, it all comes down to winning. That's what we're here for. Certainly is. Talk about winners and losers. Mm. The CBA, the NRL versus the Players Association. Where's this at? There's a big deadline at noon. High noon. High noon. What's the difference between high and low noon? Uh, Well, you've got a few beers in your own. That's uh, high noon. Hey, 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 hey. Low noon. 
That's a real good question, and we've got him. J- Jimmy Smith's just coming <laughs> in there. Anyway, at high noon today, uh, the NRL have a deadline to meet some of the conditions of the uh, RLPA. Otherwise, they will take the drastic measure of delaying the kickoff by half a minute or covering up their logo, the NRL logo on their jumpers. I'm sure the NRL, Peter Volandis would be shaking in his mm. Julius Marlowe's over that yeah. thought. He would wear Julius <laughs> Marlowe's where, soon. Where's this going? And what... I spoke about this the other day. It appears as the only leverage that the players have is strike action. But boy, oh boy. I mean, if they go on strike with all the fans just hanging for the season to start, then I think – I don't think that reflects on the NRL. That will come straight back on the players. I agree. Look, I think this, I think both parties are responsible for it taking this long to get done. Um, on one side, you've got the RLPA who have absolutely zero trust in the NRL. And with some foundation because there's – Times there where, like, even things like they had uh, given them $11 million of, of new revenue that came into the game. They should have given them $30 million. Uh, they announced the salary cap without consulting the players or without a CBA being done just before Christmas. And then just on the other... Just million. That was because... So the players took unders. They ended up generating more revenue for the game. And then the game didn't give him that revenue until they had to until go they ordered it. it. That's yes. it. That's what I mean. So that's yeah. why trust is yeah. there's no trust there, mm. you know. And then they then they announced the salary cap without telling them. Um, uh, but on the other side of it, the the RLPA just refused to budge on many of the conditions. And the problem, the stalemate now is that the RLPA want complete control over these retirement funds, past player funds, welfare funds, the NRLs. Compromise is we'll have a committee where there's 50 50 mm. on it. The RLPA aren't happy with that. They want the final say. So they're really squabbling over, mm. you know, they're not the, the biggest things. Like they're going to get 22% pay rise in the in the cap. I suppose the problem is that they've threatened strike act. The players have threatened strike action. The t- clock's ticking, mm. you know? Yeah. And if it gets to the first round of the NRL and they haven't got a CBA in place, are they going to back up their words? Well, that's the thing. If you you threaten and threaten and threaten, and they call you know and they call you out, and you don't follow it through, then really that hurts your negotiations ongoing. With the it? with the twenty two percent increase, has their percentage of the revenue that the game generates increased or decreased? No, it stayed the same. That's the, the that's same. the other thing. But that it, the not... initial offer was less, wasn't it? Yeah, and it... then they managed to get it up to the same. I think. Well, I think it was around. Yeah, but that's just a negotiation, though. You know, mm. that's that's. I think both parties are at fault for try, for not getting it done sooner. Mm. You know, I don't. I think you both. The part of a no, negotiation process is that you've got to, you've got to yield, but uh, and give a little bit away. But I, I think, uh, yeah, given the the NRL have tried to win this publicly by throwing so much money at the RLPA, the RLPA have said no. Well, we want it's more to us than that. Mm, right. Okay. Well, what times? What times? High, High noon. High noon. This we're off. Oh, wow. High noon. We'll have, to, we'll, have to, we'll have to tune in. You'll hear it here first. <laughs> Stay posted. Uh, stay listening. I don't know. We'll take a break. After the break, uh, some of the big stories while we've been away.